This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj and Katie. We really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Today we're joined by Emma Bardwell, nutritional therapist, writer, and lifestyle coach with a specific focus on female health and well-being, intuitive eating, and smart lifestyle approaches. Emma has combined her nutrition knowledge with a passion for writing and raising reader awareness on issues that affect women. And today Emma is here to help us demystify something I know very little about, the <laughs> menopause. Welcome to the Risky Miss podcast, Emma. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, before we jump into uh, the detailed content that you have to share, um, quick personal question. What's your favourite way to unwind? Oh, goodness. Um, it has to be a bath. A bath oh. and a book. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and in actually evening, listening yeah. to podcasts. Oh, okay. So bath, book, podcast, shut the door, yeah. no kids. Oh, that's me. Amazing. What, what kind of book do you like to read? I'm actually doing a lot of... Um, nutrition but I actually read a lot around what I do okay so yeah I don't kind of get to switch off very much unfortunately there's just so much to learn yeah it's like an ongoing process ongoing journey so yeah quite, at the moment what am I reading I'm reading Raw by Stacey Sims okay and what's your what's your favorite podcast do you have a, a number one podcast that you listen to Again, it is menopause-related, sorry, slightly boring, but um, it's Newson Health, which is by the menopause doctor who is called Louise Newson. Okay. okay. It's either that or if I want to actually switch off, it would probably be the high-low, which is everyone's favourite, isn't right. it? Pandora Sykes and Dolly yeah. Alderton. Amazing. Great. So we should jump in because yeah. we've got a lot to cover and a lot to learn. Um, so I'm going to ask a kind of a, an initial question. What exactly is the menopause and and what does it mean for women? Good question. So in a nutshell, it is when your periods stop and you stop producing eggs, you stop ovulating. Okay. So in, you know, on average, the average age is 51, um, but it can happen to women a lot earlier or it can happen a lot, you know, a bit later. Okay. Um, So... It's quite confusing, actually. So menopause is kind of an umbrella term, um, but what what's important to remember is that it isn't something that just happens at 51, you know, boom, your period stop and that's it, you're over. It's mm-hmm. over, it's done. Uh, the lead-up is actually probably the most important time, and that is what we call the perimenopause. Right. Um, and that can last anything from a few months to 10 years, actually. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So what it basically... I know, you're looking at each other like... shocked I could be closer to that than I thought. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I think that's why it's really important for younger women mm. to, to be aware of what is potentially coming up. So, what, so in that per- perimenopause, mm. so in that period of potentially 10 years, what happens? Is it a noticeable thing or, you know, what actually yeah. happens? I have no idea. Yeah, so it is... It can be, I call them stealth symptoms, so it can be quite, um, you know, slow and kind of incremental. So basically what's happening is your estrogen estrogen and progesterone lev- levels are dropping mm-hmm. um, and 
but they're not just dropping in a kind of really nice fluid decline they're kind of fluctuating so they're going very oh, right. kind of high and low and that's what causes the you know really kind of debilitating symptoms like I mean there's lots of them but things like hot flushes and night sweats anxiety right through to kind of unusual symptoms like tinnitus okay. um, Gosh. restless legs there's some really odd ones for example, something called formication, not to be confused with fornication, <laughs> no. um, which is the sort of sensation of um, insects crawling under your skin. Oh so, God. you know, there's, it's said that there's 34 symptoms, but actually I would say there's more like 70. Wow. And, and does every woman experience symptoms? No. So, you know, it isn't always, not every woman is affected. Okay. Surveys suggest that it's 75% though, so it is the majority. Um, And one in four, so 25% of those women will probably say that they've found them debilitating, so they've, you know, affected their lives in some way. Wow. Um, And would you say that women are prepared for this? No. I think that is one of the biggest issues. And that's, so women who come to my clinic don't usually come because they think they're perimenopausal Mm. or menopausal. They come because, you know, they're finding all these different symptoms, but they haven't actually put them together and and realised that that's the life stage that they're at. Right. Yeah. So we've spoken a little bit about um, the perimenopausal symptoms. How do they sort of change as you go through menopause and then emerge out the other end of menopause? Yeah, good question. Um, So... Lots of women, once they have actually gone through the menopause, and actually the menopause is kind of a retrospective diagnosis. So what it is, is when you haven't had your period for 12 months. Right. So you only know, looking back, that that was your menopause. After that, you're post-menopausal. Does that make sense? So after Ah. you've not had your period for 12 months? Yes. You're post-menopausal. You are post-menopausal. Okay. So you've got perimenopause, which peri just means you know, le- around, so yeah. the time leading up to menopause, which is actually just one day in your life. And then after that, you're post-menopausal. So you're, you, lots of women will find that they experience symptoms, you know, up to their menopause. And then once you've gone through it, you're kind of out the other side. But some women, unfortunately, will find that they still are experiencing things like hot flushes or night sweats anxiety you know all all of the above um so it's some women you know even into their 70s will still experience some symptoms right right so it's it really is very much an ongoing journey i think of it as like you know it's a marathon not a sprint sure. sadly mm. um but it's very manageable there's lo- yeah. i can see you both looking really <laughs> somber <laughs> I try not to, but... I try to make it, you know, very positive. Lots of women actually find, yes, you might not be fertile, but you can be fertile in lots of other ways. Sure. Um, And if you are, let's say, you know, 40s, 50s, maybe your children are less dependent on you, so you've got more time to yourself. Yeah. Women are, you know, lots of midlife women are starting up new careers, they're you yeah. know creating new businesses they're writing books you know they've just they've got more time to themselves so you, and also you're not battling with periods mm-hmm. um yeah. you know generally it's very much a time to 
muster up your energy, really kind of, I, 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 t I try and tell women to kind of do a bit of a life audit. So look at all the things that are niggling you and start addressing them. Don't leave it too late, you know, don't wait till all those symptoms have kind of crept up and are taking over your life. Right, yeah. So I guess if, you know, if you don't have a handle of things um, within your life, you're more likely to be susceptible to things, yeah. potentially like anxiety, etc. when yeah. menopause sets in. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. So let's um, talk a bit more about the symptoms. We, we kind of know the, I suppose, the well-known ones like the hot flushes. Are there any lesser known symptoms that we should, women should be aware of? Yeah, yeah, there's lots. Um, so I think there's about 70 symptoms, but there's more that pop up every day, you know, women coming in um, to clinic. Women often experience changes in skin, so you're, you might lose, you know, find that your skin is more lax, you'll find, yeah. you know, you've got less collagen. Um, all the, some women also experience things like acne. Okay. Um, women often experience like a lack of spatial awareness, so you can find that you become more clumsy and right. again, that's just because of those estrogen re receptors in your brain. Um, palpitations, okay. um, general lack of motivation, increased panic attacks. We talked about tinnitus already. Mm -hmm. You know, the list goes on. And this is all caused by a decline in estrogen yeah. levels? Yeah. Wow. I think as well, it's hard sometimes for women to work out what's normal ageing you know, and what is actually because their hormones have gone a bit out of whack. Yeah. So that's also why I think it's quite important to keep a journal of your symptoms, um, because particularly psychological things like anxiety and panic attacks, you know, brain fog, lots of women, when they go to see to their GP, are prescribed antidepressants, mm. but they're not, they're not depressed, yeah. you know. They just need more estrogen. Um, and there's obviously, it's quite a fine line between the two, but they are two distinct conditions. Mm, you yeah. know, depression is clinical and it's it tends to be much more constant. Yeah. Whereas I think a woman who's perimenopausal and is suffering from low mood will find that her mood kind of dips and troughs, you know. Yeah. So it's highs and lows. Okay. Is that, is that sorry. Katie, go on. I was going to say, are those symptoms sustained or do they just come and go? You know, you know. Yeah, good question. They, I've, particularly in the perimenopause, because your hormones are fluctuating so wildly, they are they very much come and go. So one week you might be fine, um, and then suddenly you're kind of plummeted into you know night sweats and insomnia, um, and, and all then you these quite then. psychological mm. symptoms. I want to pick up on that, actually, the kind of mental health side, because we had a, a question in from one of our listeners who has been through the menopause. Oh, yeah. And she was saying that she struggled so much with her mental health and didn't expect it, didn't think it was coming, uh, particularly anxiety, as you, as you touched on. It, what can women do if they're facing anxiety during the menopause or they're, they're worried about their mental health as they're approaching it? You know, what, what can women do? So I often say to, my, to, to younger women, you need to be prepared, not scared. So we don't want to kind of catastrophize this very natural, you know, it's a very natural life stage. It's, and it's just a kind of transition. It's not a disease. You know, it's very, it's very normal. I mean, all of us, every single woman 
in the whole world, no matter what, where they come from, you know, what their, whatever their socioeconomic group, every single person will go through it, every single woman will go through it. Um, but in terms of anxiety, I think there's lots that you can do. So talking about it okay. is massive. Mm. Um, hopefully in a workplace situation, you will have a manager who is open. And um, we'll, maybe we can talk more about mm. what, what employers can do in the workplace later. But yeah, talking about it, talking to your mum or your sister or your auntie and seeing what their um, you know experience was like. Um, explaining to your employer what your symptoms are but also and also how you think that you might be able to manage them better at work so whether that's having time off to see a GP or working more from home or coming in later you know there's lots of things that can be done Um, so I think even just talking about it immediately makes women relax and realize that you know you're not alone lots of other women are going through it at the same time so i think that's good for you know reducing your anxiety but in terms of practical things you can do cbt which mm-hmm. is cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy is really helpful meditation mm-hmm. you know traditionally i think we particularly women of my age so in our 40 my 40s look at things like meditation as being really kind of overly spiritual and hippified yeah whereas actually you know things like the car map yeah um and headspace it's just really practical you know you don't have to spend hours doing it you can start each day with a five minute guided meditation so you're not just sitting in silence you know somebody's talking you through yes um breathing is a is a huge thing you know when we're really stressed and anxious we tend to breathe into our chests but even just breathing into your belly, you know, there's a three, four, five method, which is you breathe in for three, hold for four, and breathe out for five. And just doing that for five minutes can have a marked effect wow. on cortisol levels. And in terms of other symptoms, so um, just to pick up on another question from a, a listener, uh, I I understand there are a number of different ways that you can manage symptoms, and you mentioned going to your GP. Yeah. So what what sort of um, uh, therapies, I guess, or or medication, or, or um, I guess other strategies are there to manage symptoms, and how can people um, who want to manage it as naturally as possible, I guess, yeah, um, be able to do that? Yeah. So there's a kind of two pronged approach, but the two marry up quite nicely too. So you can either go down the pharmacological route. Um, which is things like HRT, so hormone replacement therapy. And, you know, these days, I mean, that is a podcast in itself, to mm. be honest, because it's a huge topic. Right. Um, but they these days, you know, they're very safe. They're body, we call them body identical. You can get them from your NHS, you know, GP. They are made from wild yams, so they're plant-derived. Okay. Previously, they were made from pregnant horses' urine. You know, that is long been debunked. Oh. We don't we don't use those those kinds anymore. Okay. They come in like a patch or a gel. Okay. Um, rather than a tablet. Well, you can still get tablet forms, but the safest form is in a patch or a gel, which you just apply to your inner thighs every day. Um, progesterone comes in the most, the safest form is like a micronized progesterone and that can really help um, women with, with things like sleep and hot flushes and night sweats. 
So then you've got the more natural, I say in inverted commas, because actually HRT, it, you know, you're just replacing the estrogen that is naturally yeah. been lost. Yeah. Um, so you can very much look at lifestyle measures. So things like your diet mm. is huge. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably go into that more later. Mm. Um, exercise is massive. Stress reduction. Things like sleep. You know, just getting on top of your sleep can have a huge impact. Right. You know, everyone's always banging on about sleep hygiene these days, yeah. aren't they? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really important. Mm. So, okay. you know, we all know what it is, but it's, you know, don't we? We, we do. I, th I, think, I think I'm looking at Katie because we both know that we, we don't practice sleep hygiene. No. And, and actually, it's funny you mentioned the car map because both of us use the car map yeah. and I use it predominantly for sleep. Do you? Yes. If you can't sleep or do you just do it before you kind well, of go to bed? Well, I started using it um, when I couldn't sleep, but I've now almost got into a routine where I have to do okay. a sleep meditation yeah. and then I'll drift off. Great. And it, it, it means I don't wake up, actually, either in the night, which I was getting a lot. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to be said, isn't there, about meditation yeah. and the, the, the points you were talking about earlier. Yeah. I think on the HRT point, that's um, kind of a relief to hear because, again, I don't know much about HRT, but what I have heard is bad. Um, yeah. And so it, it's it's good to hear that there are very safe alternatives now. There's um, lots of, yeah, there's been in, in the past lots of very sensationalist headlines. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and they have the info that the research that that they came from was from the women's health initiative which was 2002 which was this big study but most of the kind of scare stories that came from that report have been debunked all right, right. but they sadly that information doesn't seem to kind of make its way into the daily mail because it's just not you mm -hmm. know it doesn't get the readership sure it's not clickbait enough sure so where can people find i guess more um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accurate information Accurate. Yeah. Um, about HRT. Yeah, it's a great question because there is a lot of misinformation out there. Right. You know, there's a lot of celebrities jumping on the bandwagon because it's, I think people are realising it, you know, there's a lot of women suffering and it's kind of big business. Um, so you have to arm yourself, I think, really carefully with as much evidence-based knowledge as possible so you know looking to people who are qualified you know experts mm. doctors I work very closely with a menopause doctor called Shazadi Harper for example you know it's just finding the people who talk your language because menopause is actually incredibly unique you know everybody experiences it in a really individual way so it's finding somebody who talks your language and kind of can approach it in the way that you want to approach it. Yeah, great. Does that answer your question? Yes. No, excellent yeah, advice. Okay, thank you, Emma, so much for um, for that insight. There, we've we've unfortunately run out of time, but we would love to have you back on the podcast in a couple of weeks because I think there's more that we could speak about. If if you'd like to come back, that is. I would absolutely love to, and I think it's brilliant that you have started this conversation, and I think it's really important to keep it going. Brilliant. Right. We'll see you in a few weeks then. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account at Risky Mix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, please get in touch. See you next week.